hppodcraft.com. The lady had stopped her car at the roadside when she saw my thumb out and my silver-strung guitar under my arm. Asked me my name, I told her John. Asked where I was headed, I told her nowhere special. Asked could I play that guitar, I played it as we rolled along. Then she invited me most kindly to her country house to sing to her friends, and they'd be obliged, she said. And I went. The people there were fired up with what they'd drunk, lots of ladies and men in costly clothes, and I had my bothers not getting drunk too. But shoo, they liked what I played and sang. Staying off worn-out songs, I smote out what they'd never heard before. Witch in the wilderness, and rebel soldier, and Vandy Vandy, I've come to court you. When they clapped and hollered for more, I sang the Yandro song like this. I'll build me a desert on Yandro's high hill Where the wild beasts can't reach me Or hear my sad cry for he's gone He's gone away to stay a little while But he'll come back if he comes ten thousand miles Silver John is back and ready to rock out some of the classics. Forget those tired out tunes. Check out these kick-ass B-sides. Which Witch Stole My Drawers and My Heart. Flat Bottom Boat Blues. Miss Vandy's Perm Cost Her Her Soul. Nickel Whiskey and I Lost My Last Tooth. Oh, and if you order now, you can get one of those commemorative orgy coins from our last episode. <laughs> Each coin a beautiful depiction of depraved paganism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got mine just last week, and I used it to tip a waitress. <laughs> By the way, P.F. Chang is a real person, and he will kick you out of his restaurant. <laughs> not a not a fancy karate kick either, just a straight up boot to the drawers. Oh, boy. So this week, we are back with another Silver John story from Manly Wade Wellman. This one is called The Desric on Yandro, which we have done a, a Silver John story before, which was Oh, Ugly Bird. That's right. Manly Wade Wellman was a frequent contributor to Weird Tales, among many other pulp magazines. He was known for his unique Appalachian settings that drew on native folklore. Uh, Silver John, or John the Balladeer, as he is also known, was one of his most famous characters and was our protagonist as well for Ugly Bird, as you yep. said. Uh, we also managed to secure our reader from that episode. Once again, it's me. Yeah, I thought I recognized that voice. I am, of course, Chad Pfeiffer. And I'm Chris Lackey. And you are listening to the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast, where we discover and cover weird fiction for all you weird lovers. We're on the internet dial at hppodcraft.com and, of course, Patreon. Our buddy Jason Thompson recommended this story some time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jason's awesome, and you can always check out his beautiful comic art. Lots of great stuff in the weird tradition, including adaptations of Lovecraft's Dreamland Tales. You can find it all at mockman.com. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. This story, The Desert on Yandro. Odd title, you know, when you just read it without knowing anything else about it. It sounds like a crazy science fiction story. Yes. It made me think about like a derelict vessel floating in space or something. But no, it's another Silver John story, and it's a little more cryptozoological than sci-fi, I would say. Yeah, it is. It was first published in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, June 1952. Hmm. Quick refresher on the character of Silver John. He's a loner. He's a balladeer. He mostly hangs out in or tells stories about the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina. North Carolina is where our author lived. He carries a guitar strung with strings of pure silver, which help mm. ward off the many strange beings he encounters. I don't think we got into his fictional biography much when we did that story last time. Maybe mm. we did. But he was featured in around 17 short stories and five novels. Yeah. Here's some of his background from good old Wikipedia. John, whose last name is never revealed, is a veteran of the Korean War and served in the U.S. Army as a sharpshooter. Oh, wow. I wouldn't 
guess that. In his travels, he frequently encounters creatures and superstitions from the folk tales of the mountain people. Though John has no formal education, he is self-taught, highly intelligent, and widely read. It is implied that his knowledge of occult and folk legendarium is of a PhD level. <laughs> okay. So this knowledge has granted him competent use of white magic, which he has used on occasion to overcome enemies or obstacles. But it is primarily his courage, wit, and essential goodness that always enables him to triumph over supernatural evils, while basic army training allows him to physically deal with human foes. Hmm. He's got the whole... Package. He's the whole package. That's right. <laughs> he has an implied mystic link of some sort to John the Bat. Baptist, and much of his personal philosophy can be traced to a primitive gospel-based Christianity. Hmm. On one occasion, he is employed by the State Department to investigate on their behalf a possible instance of Satanism. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I gotta find that story. Uh, these stories are rich in the customs and lore of the region, and many of the folk songs John sings are authentic as well. Uh, Welma did introduce some original songs and legends, but his creations blend seamlessly with the traditional material, whereas mm. Tolkien integrated northern mythology into his mythos and C.S. Lewis, the European fairy tales of yore, Wellman's stories are drenched in the folk tales and songs of old Americana, the haunting stories of the slaves and the tall tales of the revolution, strange beasts, witch women, and dark apparitions. Mm. As famed author Carl Edward Wagner wrote, these stories are chilling and enchanting, magical and down-to-earth, full of wonder and humanity. They are fun. Mm. They are like nothing else you've read before. I agree. I agree with that. I do not believe uh, the Desert on Yandro is a real song, uh, so I just kind of made that tune up at the beginning. That was great. Thanks, man. I'm basically angling to get my Silver John TV show off the ground. Yes. There's just not enough television out there these days, you know? No, but they did do some Silver John <laughs> film adaptation. Yeah, that's true. There was It was adapted to film before. There's a 1972 movie called Who Fears the Devil, which was edited and re-released as The Legend of Hillbilly John. There are two segments in it. One is based on Oh, Ugly Bird, which we've done before, mm -hmm. and the other is based on this story. Yeah. The, the movie, I believe, can be found in its entirety on YouTube. Yeah. I, I looked at it quickly. <laughs> and we watched print. some of it last time. It's, yeah. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Hard to make out. But let us know if you have the tenacity to sit through the whole thing. Uh, I would like a review. Yeah, me too. I'm probably not going to watch it. But enough about TV and movies. Let's talk story. It begins with Silver John walking the life of a wanderer, and then some lady in a car comes by and offers him a ride. Ah, uh, the glorious days of hitchhiking. <laughs> For those who are too young to remember, hitchhiking was uh, basically like taking an Uber, except instead of using an app, you just stand on the side of the road with your thumb out. That's and then it, instead yeah. of paying with the app, you know, you pay with your life sure. or maybe a bit of grass. Sure. It was a more civilized time. Things have changed. <laughs> Maybe for the better. Who's to say? Who's to say? This woman uh, takes Silver John to her country house, and he plays some deep cuts for the party, notably the Yandra song. This is a country house, and as we heard in the opening, these people are in fancy clothes at the party. So I don't, this isn't John rolling through his normal Appalachian neighborhood. I'm not sure where in the country he is. Yeah. But it's a bit of a different uh, area. As you said, he sings that song we heard about Yandro's high hill. So folks are eating it up and they're loving it. This lady even asks him to stay for the night. I don't know if she's just being polite or if she's wanting a little silver John action. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. But, but this guy comes up to him and he says, did you say Yandro? And Silver John's go, yeah, yes, sir. That's what I said. It's a place over in the Smokies. Highest peak in the area is called Yandro. Some scholarly type told him that it was short for Yonder High Hill, but it's called Yandro. You know, in 1951, Manly Wade moved to Chapel Hill in North Carolina and had a vacation cabin on a mountain that he called Yandro Mountain. Whether or not okay. it was actually the real name of the place or not, who's to say? But I could see how that would evolve. You know, that mountain over yonder turns into Yandro. And uh, it was next to his buddy 
Abre Ramsey, and they would often have folks around for some mountain music, food, and some of that blockade whiskey. Which is some moonshine, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I've been seeing moonshine, you know, packaged in these kind of cute jars in stores lately. With, like, triple X's on them and everything? Yeah, and I'm sure that they are made in stills and all that, but I'm thinking, you can't really call it moonshine if it's legal, (laughs) can you? I don't... I thought a defining aspect of moonshine was that it was illegal. I could be wrong. Well, moonshine is, I, I assume, what it means is you would have to make your alcohol under the cover of night. Right, exactly. So, yeah, the implication is that it is illegal, but maybe you just like to make your booze in the evening and you've got a day job, so... Yeah, I guess I, technically that could be moonshine. <laughs> I guess that could be it. I don't know. I just have a sneaking suspicion that it's like Anheuser Busch is behind this very cool, you know, moonshine oh, right. that's marketed yeah, sure. in the stores. Yeah. So this guy talking to Silver John, he's short, but he's got a broad build, and he's dressed very fancy, but with a noticeable comb over. I loved this line. His round pink face wasn't soft, and his big smiling teeth reminded you there was a bony skull under that meat. <laughs> uh, b- between that short line and the comb over, you get a good sense of this guy already. Unlikable. Something creepy or vile about him. Yeah. He says to Jean that his last name is Yandro. And he says his grandfather, Yoris Yandro, came from somewhere around there, but he left the area to make his fortune in, in New York and then Chicago and then, I guess, wherever they are now. Mm-hmm. He says that Joris went on to have a kid, his father, and that they each got more wealthy every generation. So right. he's super wealthy. Silver John thinks this guy is kind of up himself. He says, Hmm. I judged with no reason to be sure that he might not be too honorable about how he made his money or used it. The way the others drew from him made me reckon he scared them. And that kind of folks scares worst where their money pockets located. It's funny, you know, they have the fancy clothes and they're all wealthy. So that's how you scare them is is, uh, having economic leverage over them. So the guy brags a bit more, uh, saying nothing happens around here without his say-so. He owns this part of the world. Kind of a Mr. Potter type. So he asked John how to get to the hill, and John says, well, it's twisty, backwater way. I can only really show you how to get there. And then Yandra says, great, let's leave tonight. And the woman is like, I invited him to stay. He came here to be nice, and he's performing for us. You know, like, And he just kind of shuts her down and says, look, we're leaving tonight. And John goes, okay, I guess, sure. Yeah, let's do this. Let's leave tonight. It's a pretty crazy turn of events. You know, yeah. it, it would be one thing if they were near the mountains and they could just leave the party and he could drive or walk them up there. But Yandro says, I'll call the airport and charter a plane. We leave now. Yeah. So he hitchhiked, got to this party, and now he's going to get on a private plane with this stranger <laughs> and go back to his roots. He, you know, John's in it for the adventure, but he also thinks maybe this party would be better and everybody would be more comfortable if I got Yandro out of here. Yeah, he does. Anyway, so he's taken one for the team, yeah. as well as just following his own sense of adventures. John's a good guy. In a few hours' time, they have a plane, and they head to a small airport between Asheville and Hendersonville. Yandro buys a car. He buys a car. Yeah. And then they drive out on this twisty mountain road. He had to wake up a used car salesman to buy that car. It's dark as they drive. When Yandro asks where they're going, Silver John tells him that there's no town there, but they'll get to that location by midnight. And as they drive, Yandro asks for some whiskey, and Silver John says, uh, you should be drinking whiskey on these narrow roads that are on cliff sides with mm-hmm. no railings. That's not a good idea. No. And Yandro goes, well, all right, I'll drink, you drive. And Silver John's like, I don't know how to drive. <laughs> you know, once I was, uh, I never actually hitchhiked, but when I was student teaching, I had a long commute between Urbana and Decatur, Illinois, and uh, one snowy morning, I wiped out my car, went into a ditch. 
couldn't get it out. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really in walking distance to any phones or anything. This was like 1995, so I wouldn't have had a cell phone. A guy in this truck pulled over and offered to get me back to town so I could arrange a tow truck and all that. And he was perfectly nice. Uh, I got in his truck with him. But he had this big mug in the cup holder. And as we're driving along, he's listening to the radio. He, he opened it up and took a big sip. And boy, the booze just wafted. Oh, no. I mean, this was like 730 Ooh. in the morning, you know. Oh, and I'm no. going, who did I just get in the car with? <laughs> Did you survive? I did. Well, yeah, yes. clearly I survived. I haven't been doing this podcast as a ghost for the last 10 years. But See, I thought that would have been a great reveal man. right now. That oh you go, God. actually, no, I died that day, Chris. Then there'd, always, there'd be one listener who'd be like, I knew it. I knew all along. <laughs> How could you have known that? I just knew. It was the obvious thing. <laughs> Chad was a ghost the whole time. You guys are so stupid for not knowing that. No, I survived, but the guy was noticeably less coherent by the time we got back to Champagne. I was... Uh, oh, was, wow. That's <laughs> was disturbing. A scary experience. I always think about that. How many times in our lives we narrowly avoid death? I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. Sure. But there's a couple points that I'm aware of, but... How many other times are there that I'm totally oblivious that I almost just died? Oh, man. Well, this was also uh, a little like in this story. They're on those windy mountain roads. I mean, I went off the road for a reason. It was it was the middle of a snowstorm. It was yeah. slick on the on the highway, and it was like a star field out there. You couldn't see very far ahead of you. Yeah. And, and that guy was like, good time to booze it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, appalled by his lack of driving skills, Yandro changes the subject. He asks what a Desrick is. He says, only old-aged folks use the word anymore it's kind of a cabin they used to make strong logs and a door you can bar and loophole windows so you could stand off indians maybe the internet says it's just a small cabin or shanty it actually kind of sounds like a good musician name you know what's up i'm desert desert wild <laughs> is, that, is that wild with a y <laughs> yeah sure yeah desert <laughs> wild with a y it is now <laughs> man <laughs> so yandro asks what kind of beasts are up there and silver john says well there's bears wildcats maybe some wolves but he keeps all the legends that he's heard to himself because he figures yandro won't believe him anyway mm-hmm. now the road finally gets too rough and narrow and they have to walk from there john says i took a, a flashlight and my silver strung guitar and let out it was a downways walk on a narrow trail where even mules would be nervous they're going down into this valley between the mountains. Mm-hmm. Lots of good atmosphere building in this section. As they walk through these woods at night, they can hear the sounds of animals all around them. There were mountain night noises like you never get used to, even if you're born and raised there and live and die there. Noises too soft and sneaky to be real murmuring voices. Noises like big flapping wings far off and then near. And above and below the trail, noises like heavy, soft paws keeping pace with you. Sometimes two paws, sometimes four, sometimes many. They stay with you. Noises like that all hours you grope along the night trail, all the way down to the valley so low, till you bless God for the little crumb of light that means a human home. And you ache and pray to get to that home, be it ever so humble, so you'll be safe in the light. So they continue to walk into this valley, and they finally see some light in the distance. It's a small cabin in the woods. Now, it's a newer cabin, and it belongs to a friend of Silver John's, old Miss Tully. She's standing in the doorway smoking a stone pipe in her toothless 80-year-old mouth. Mm -hmm. She invites them in and says, Funny, this is Mr. Yandro, especially since he comes here tonight, of all nights. She knows that he's looking for the cabin up on Yandro. They go inside, and John describes the place he says it's got some old chairs uh, lots of pots of herbs and a few old books because she's kind of like a light witch this lady you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but the books that she has are 
The Long Lost Friend and Egyptian Secrets. And then it says, and Big Albert, the one they say can't be thrown away or given away, only got rid of by burying with a funeral prayer like a human corpse. Wow. That's cool, man. <laughs> if you throw that book out, it's going to come back to you. You have to not just bury it, but you have to say a prayer over it. Yeah. That's cool. John calls her a study witch. Yeah. Which I like, Miss Tully. She likes the knowledge, but she isn't necessarily a practitioner. She just studies up on it. She says it's odd that he shows up when 75 years have just passed. And she says she was just in pigtails when Yoris Yandro courted Polly Wiltz, who was a witch. Right, a real witch, not just a study witch. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it was 75 years ago when his grandfather was, was doing that courting. To Polly. Polly was very beautiful, and Joris was also very handsome. But he wasn't really as interested in her as he was her witching powers that could help him find gold up in Themdar Hills. Right, which this Mr. Yandro is huh? surprised about. And John says, certain sure there's gold in these mountains. Before ever the California rush started, folks mined and minted gold in these parts, the history men say. And Mr. Yandro says, gold. Ha, I was right to come. So I wonder if he had an inkling of, of that before he came out there he must have because he was in such a rush to get there or something else compelled him something's compelling him yeah yours promised her marriage if she brought him gold and she did but as soon as she brought him enough gold he left town with the money so she built her desert and sang the song the one silver john sang mm -hmm. that song is part of a charm that would bring her lover back in 75 years yandra says that his granddad died up north many years ago but miss tully says you got his blood in you. And he looks a lot like his grandfather. Yeah. It'll probably be just as good. I, I wonder why the charm takes 75 years. Didn't she have anything that moved a little faster than that? Yeah, so she could actually get revenge on the person who did her wrong? Yeah, but I mean, this guy seems to be deserving of some kind of punishment anyway. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's basically a reincarnation of his own grandfather. Yeah. Or he represents the line, the type. So Yandra doesn't care, you know, about any of this. He just hopes of getting up there to get some of that gold himself. And he asks about the animals in the hills. And Miss Tully goes through her Appalachian monster manual <laughs> and gives him the bestiary. Yeah. In the song, it mentions wild beasts. And she certainly knows what the more interesting ones are. Scarce animals, she says, like the toller. She describes it. It's the hugest flying thing there is, I guess. Its voice tolls like a bell to tell other creatures their feeds near. And there's the flat another creature it lies level with the ground and not much higher it can wrap you like a blanket and then there's the bomet big the bomet is and she describes it and it sounds like a woolly mammoth mm -hmm. yandra says oh those things all died out thousands of years ago and how the hell would it get up in the mountains and she says maybe folks hunted it there and maybe it stays there so folks will think it's dead and gone thousands of years mm -hmm. oh yeah and there's the behinder <laughs> <laughs> I love these literal names. I know. And he asks, well, what's the behinder look like? And she says, can't rightly say, Mr. Yandro, for it's always behind the man or woman it wants to grab. Uh-huh. <laughs> hence the name. Clues in the name. And then there's the skim. It kites through the air. And the culverin, which can shoot pebbles with its mouth. And then there's the tangler who gets your earbud cords all twisted up. <laughs> And, of course, Count Nut Punch. And he says, let me guess, Count Nut Punch, I get it, punches you in the nuts. And she says, no, he just counts the number of times it's done to you. It's the Nut Puncher who knuckles up your sack, you fool. <laughs> they work in tandem. Although the other ones that you said, those are all real things that she's Those are real, yeah. The, the, the ones behinder I said. and the, <laughs> the, the culverin and the skim. She says uh, she'll let them stay on her front stoop for the night and then they could leave in the morning. Yandro wants to go right then, but she says, you won't make it at night. 
And also, I don't know how anybody can turn down some sweet front stoop sleeping. <laughs> I know. All snuggled up like an Amazon package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so in the morning, Miss Tully feeds them uh, and gives them a pack lunch. Mr. Yandro tries to give her a 10, but she won't take it because they're her guests. And he says, oh, everybody takes money from me. And then he throws it down on the ground at her feet. You know, like she's some like cheap hooker or something like that. Yeah. But Miss Tully, she ain't having it. And she picks up this big stick and she's going to rock him with it. And Yandro gets afraid and quickly picks up the $10 bill. Good for her. She acts like she wasn't just ready to brain him. And he goes, oh, you know, up that way. That's how you get to the Desrick. You go this way and that then. Then points him, gives him directions. Yandro asks who goes up there on this trail that that exists. And she goes, oh, no, people don't go up there. The past not for people. No, not with what they say is up there. And it says, he laughed at her as I wouldn't have dared. You mean the vomit, he said, and the flat and the skim and the culverin. And then she just says, and the toller and the behinder. Only a gone gump would go up there. I love this woman. <laughs> there needs to be a series of books about Miss Tully. Yeah, spinoff. I agree. It's time for Miss Tully to step into the spotlight. You know, people don't know this, but she's actually been working behind the scenes for quite some time. She's responsible for a lot of hot Hollywood IPs. Really? The Equalizer, <laughs> the TV show and the movie, The Punisher. <laughs> actually, one day she couldn't think of a verb to add ER to, so she just wrote down ER. Boom, became a hit series. ER. Wow. She's a genius. She, and very old. She's a study witch. She's a study witch. As they make their way up the mountain, Yandro explains that he thinks that this woman is up there waiting 75 years and that she must still have some gold. And John's like, why do you think this? Like, why did you come to this conclusion? And he goes, John, a wise man knows when to believe the unusual and how it will profit him. She's up there waiting. And so is the gold. Okay. He believes that, but not the monster stuff. <laughs> no. And he offers to cut John in because he's helping him out. And John's like, I don't want any of that money if it exists. And Yandra wants to know then why you came on this whole journey with me. And he says, just made up my mind on a moment's notice, like you. Hmm. And as they walk the trail, they see an odd hoofed footprint. Dear, grunted Mr. Yandro. And I said, maybe. Oh, Yandro. And as they go around, they hear something in the underbrush and they see a furry shape of movement. Woodchuck, wheezed Mr. Yandro. <laughs> Again, I said, maybe. Around noon, they stopped for lunch and Yandro could see Silver John is giving him a bit of the stink eye. And he says, you look at me like you'd like to call me a name if you weren't afraid of me. And Silver John goes, I'm not afraid of you. I'm just polite. Yeah. Uh, and then he asks Yandro why he cares about some gold because he's already super rich. And he says he's doing it because, by God, that old hag down there said everybody's afraid to do it. Well, and then he also says, and you said you'd go with me. So he's not so brave that he doesn't want John to keep going up there with him. And John says, you know what? I'll go right to the top with you. As Yandro is talking, Silver John can see the mammoth in the woods behind Yandro. And it moves extremely quietly. Like He's like, how can something that big be so quiet? I doesn't know. But then it just goes back off into the woods. So John says nothing to Yandro about it. That's the one sneaky mammoth. (laughs) The the Italian's back? What happened with that? Yeah, I don't know why that. (laughs) As they climb higher, Yandro asks Silver John why he's singing. And he's like, I'm not singing. And then they realize they can hear the song. It's a woman's voice singing it. They climb to the top and find a clearing with an old style cabin. Yandro is delighted. I looked at him then and knew what most he wanted on this earth. He wanted to be boss. Money was just something to greaten him. His idea of greatness was bigness. He wanted to do all the talking and have everybody else do the listening. He had his eyes hung on that Desric and he licked his lips like a cat over a dish of cream. 
Let's go in, he said. Oh, I want terrible things to happen to him. This kind of character always gets my goat. I'm mm-hmm. so glad he's going to get some comeuppance here. So Silver John says, I'm not going in. I said I'd come up here. I'm up here. Deal done. And also, I wasn't invited into the house. And then Yandro says, my name's Yandro. This mountain's name is Yandro. I can buy and sell every man, woman, and child in this part of the country. If I say it's all right to go into that house, then it's all right to go into the house. So I was like, man, what a jerk. Well, that's the way P.F. Chang acts in his restaurant. (laughs) I'm P.F. Chang, (laughs) and you came here. If I want to kick you out for giving a waitress an orgy coin, I'll do it. (laughs) That is his right. It's his right. So Yandro marches up to the cabin as Silver John stays in the woods. Silver John sees lots of creatures around, and he hears the toller, you know, making its its chime, and then the skims are flying around in the sky, and his blood turns cold. Yeah, the skims, you know, when she described them, they lay on the ground so you can barely see them, but here he sees them moving, and it's like, they're like magic carpets almost flying overhead. It's, it's almost like a bizarro world Disney scene because the woman is singing and it's calling in all the wildlife, but it's not mm-hmm. the wildlife you want. Yeah, it's Deer and stuff. pretty birds and whatnot. It's the nuzzlers and the nut punchers and the smoke <laughs> bubblers and, the, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> so he pulls his silver guitar around in front of him to play it because the silver power can ward off the evil. But then he sees the mammoth right there next to him and <laughs> it, gives him, it gives a stare to Silver John and he just freezes. It looked me between the eyes steadier than a beast should look at a man and shook its head. I wasn't to make any noise, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. So, so the mammoth just kind of gives him a gives him a look and gives a little little head shake, like, mm, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Which is really funny. The mammoth is like, snitches get stitches, bitch. Keep it quiet. <laughs> so, the mammoth then walks on, and John is like, okay, they're not bothered with me at all. I'm right. free. To get out of here. And the toller is making these gong, gong, gong sounds that are like bells, and that continues to call in all these cryptids. Yeah. As Yandro knocks and knocks on the door, this furry, flat thing inches up on the ground behind him and grabs his legs, and he yells, the flat, which was one of the creatures. <laughs> yes. It tries to wrap around his legs, but he's able to shake it off. But then a culverine comes up and shoots a pebble out of his mouth, and it stuns Yandro, and all these creatures come out of the woods and start corralling him towards the cabin. Yes. John says, and I saw what nobody's ever supposed to see. The behinder flung itself on his shoulders. Then I knew why nobody's supposed to see one. I wish I hadn't. To this day, I can see it as plain as the fence at noon and forever I will be able to see it. But talking about it's another matter. Thank you. I won't try. Awesome. Silver John just saw an indescribable monster. I love crafty and horror. Scrambling and scrambling down without a noise to keep me company. I figured that I'd probably have my unguessed part in the whole thing. Seventy-five years had to pass, and then Mr. Yandro come there to the desert. And it needed me, or somebody like me, to meet him and sing the song that would put it in his head and heart to come to where his granddaddy had courted Polly Wilson, just as though it was his own whim. No, no, of course, he wasn't the man who had made Polly Wilson love him and then had left her. But he was the man's grandson of the same blood and the same common, low-down, sorry nature that wanted money and power and didn't care who he hurt so he could have both. And he looked like yours, Yandro. Polly Wiltsey would recognize him. I haven't studied much about what Polly Wiltsey was like welcoming him into the desert on Yandro after waiting inside for three quarters of a century. Anyway, I, I never heard of him following me down. Maybe he's been missed? But I'll lay you anything you name, he's not been mourned. Hmm. And uh, that's the end of the story. 
Get it, you evil rich dude. <laughs> <laughs> so Silver John was sort of a vessel of this 75-year-old revenge. And yeah. He guess he just kind of had the knowledge to go along with it, even though he had to get on a jet. and Well, not a jet, but he had to get on a private plane and then buy a used car and walk him up to the mountains and sleep on a stoop and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems to be very powerful magic, you know, that would mm-hmm. somehow he had to learn that song at some point as well and sing it at the right place and the right time. And, it, you know, fate kind of wove all of this kind of insane tapestry. Yeah. This happened. So, yeah, it's super cool. I love the way that he writes. It's very evocative. It, it doesn't meander. Uh, the characters are cool. I want to know more about these people. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, the, the monsters are neat. And as you said, it'd be great to have a spinoff with just Miss Tully and what the heck <laughs> is going on with her study witch business up there. <laughs> study witch. Yeah. It's I, And this has something in common with how we kicked off the month in that that was that modern day mythos revenge tale story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is neat because it's typical of some of the things that we do where you got creepy monsters uh, that if you see, you can't unsee and all that business. Mm-hmm. Except the setting is very different. We're not in New England or, you know, the, the, this yeah. idea of being in the Appalachian Mountains and a, and a whole different style of speaking and a whole different kind of. I also, this hitchhiking culture, all this business are things that we don't normally get. So I'm always very happy when we get a nice weird tale or a horror yeah. story like this that's. Just in a different environment. Mm-hmm. It has that in common with how, with how we kicked off the month. The show we did with Patton. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so next week we're doing a story called School Scary. Yeah, is that how you pronounce it? School Scary? I thought it was maybe Skull Scary, like a scary skull. It's S-K-U-L-E. School? School? I don't know anything about it. You read it already, right? I already read it. It's really good. Yeah, it's a John Buchan story, right? It's one of these where not much happens, but it's so well written that I was pulled right into it and I just read it through and enjoyed it. Wasn't thinking about it when I read it. So awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about it next week. Look forward to giving it a read. But before we do that, I'd like to thank our reader, Chad Pfeiffer. Oh, well, I'm right here to accept that. Thanks. That's a rare occurrence, huh? Yeah, that doesn't happen too often. And if you want to get any of Chad Pfeiffer's music, go to chadpfeiffer.bandcamp.com. Yeah, that's true. All your great music, because there is so much of it. There's a lot of music from the show you'll get there. Uh, luckily for you, you won't get me singing any Silver John songs on that site. So, Boo. <laughs> you know who else I want to thank? I would like to thank our patrons for making it possible for us to continue to do this show and read so many great stories. You guys are great. I've got a few of them here I want to thank personally. I want to thank Nick Jolliffe. I want to thank Reese Roberts. What? Friend of the show. Awesome guy. Thank you. I want to thank Andrew McDole. William Reeder. I want to thank Richard Horseman. Jacob Lehman. John Burkhart. Thank you so much. I want to thank Calico Dad. Robert Daniel Pickard. Thank you so much. And last but not least, I would like to thank Jacob Wheel. You guys are all amazing. Thank you so much for continuing to support this show. We've got Skull Scary coming up next week. And that's all we've got for this week. I'm Chad Pfeiffer. I'm Chris Lackey. And you've been listening to the H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast. At hppodcraft.com and Patreon. HPPodcraft.com. Ah!